الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته ويولز هاتو ثانك الله تبارك وتعالى for the more graces he's given us few months ago we stopped for the summer vacation hoping that we will meet again to discuss the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and now we are again sitting in this masjid to continue talking about the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that's a big grace this is really a very big grace that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us lots of people are so busy to think or to study the, need, the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Lots of Muslims, the last thing they can do is to come for salah for a few minutes and ma'as salam. But some good Muslims like you, they spend some of their time discussing the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Trying to understand this deen from the original resources from Quran and Sunnah. In this point, we have already said that this book of Tawheed we are studying or talking about is a book that bringing an ayah or two ayahs or three ayahs and some hadith about the topic he is talking about and giving no opinions from his own. So we are now depending on these ayahs and these hadith if we say we talk about fiqh from Hanbali side or madhab or from Hanafi's madhab or from other people say no this is not my madhab if we talk about aqidah or creed from the other side of the other madhab also he will say no no I am on a madhab I lived my, all my life and I am going to take it the same way but no one no Muslim will say I will not take Quran and Sunnah as my madhab because even Abu Hanifa rahimahullah or Shafi'i or Malik, ibn, Malik or Ahmad ibn Hanbal any one of them as they said before that they will take the deen from Muhammad sallallahu from Quran and Sunnah that's why we are trying to discuss this deen of Muhammad sallallahu directly from Quran and Sunnah so we can depend on the true evidences not from the understanding of the people or from human beings this is the Quran, that's the words of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, and this is the Sunnah, that's the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ Wahy means that from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, even the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, although it's the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but the meaning of it is from Allah directly subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tonight, we are moving to the chapter number 24, which is talking about magic magic what does this have to do with Tawheed or monotheism very simple magic usually does not take place unless the devil jinns are used and devil jinns they do not give their services freely they do that for a price 
And that, pri- this, that price is very dangerous. That is polytheism, shirk. No magician will be given any service, any help from these devils unless he, by himself or by the people who are coming to him, giving some of the polytheism to these devils. And you know, devils are shaitan. Shaitan is not one. Iblis is not one. He is one, but these are his descendant sons, ash-shayateen. So ash-shayateen are devils, and we know that. Iblis was one, but Allah told us in His holy book that He is not an angel; He is a jinn. Illa Iblis kana min al-jinn. But not all jinn are devils. Some of the jinns are Muslims. Some of them are Mu'mins. In fact, they came to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they heard the Quran from him. As Allah told us in His holy book, وَإِذْ فَرَبْنَا إِلَيْكَ نَفَرًا مِنَ الْجِنِّ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقُرْآنَ فَلَمَّا حَضَرُوهُ قَالُوا أَنْصِتُوا فَلَمَّا قُضِيَ وَلَّوْا إِلَى قَوْمِهِمْ مُنْذِرِينَ So some of them are mu'min. But the case is this, we are talking about these devil jinns. Magicians usually, as we will see each other later on, they do not do their job except if they are using the devil jinns and they are serving the devil jinns. That's in general, because as we will see later on also, that Magic is not the same. It's not the same type, always. Magic is so many types, so we have to be careful when we deal with that. First of all, let us define magic. What is magic? Magic defined as a hidden act with dedicated reason. Some people say impalpable reason. This word is some kind of Shakespeare language. I can't really think of this. Let people understand it. So let's say de- dedicated. So it is hidden. In Arabic, if you see this word sihr and sahar. Sihr, we know that it is the last hour, almost, or last minutes of the night. It's called sahar. Why it is called? Because it's so dark that things are very hidden in, in it. So sihr and sahar is close. Sihr comes in a hidden way that nobody really can catch it easily. But when we come to the case that Sihr is not really one type, it's so many types as we will see later on, inshallah, then we understand why we say that it is connected to polytheism and Tawheed, which is the vice versa or opposite of polytheism. Tonight, actually, we are not going to read these evidences, but we will g- take a quick glance to the case of magic, so we will understand it, then we will come back and read the evidences, inshallah, next week, and explain them one by one, as we used to do in the other chapters. We can segregate magic into four types. The first type is to change the nature of things. That's called chemical magic. Chemical magic, they use some chemical things to change the shape or the yani, qualities of a thing. Magicians sometimes they use these chemical things, they put it in their hands and they put their hands into the fire and they are not affected. And that happened in one of our scholars called Sheikh Islam al 
about 700 years ago, some of these people tried to trick Muslims by saying that they have special cases with Allah, that they do not burn if they get into the fire. But he caught them and said, okay, fine, you and I will get into the fire, but in one condition. We go and clean ourselves first, then we can get to the fire. What happened that they used some kind of oil or some kind of chemicals to put in their bodies so they will not be affected by fire. So chemical magic is this side. And actually, it is only haram. It is not shirk or kuf, as we will see later on. The one we are talking about is number two, which is real magic. That's by using the defulgence. And that's really a wide case. We can see it so many ways and so many cases. We know that divergence or jinns cannot be seen by human beings. As Allah told us in his holy book, إِنَّهُ يَرَاكُمْ هُوَ وَقَبِيلُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا تَرُونَهُمْ Iblis and his sons or his tribe of jinns, they can see us, but we cannot see them. So that's really something we cannot really يعني do anything about it. So they may, they may hurt us without we see them, without seeing them. They can't get into any place without those. So in this case they have some qualities that we, we do not have. So they may be capable of hurting us, but that if we lose the protection, if we do not use the protection, which is the Quran and Sunnah, as we will see inshallah when we talk about the medicine for that. Divergence will make a deal usually with the magician. A deal that the magician will use their services by taking information, by hurting people, by killing people. That is for what? That's for some other things that is done by the magician. Like slaughtering for them, bringing people to polytheism. You maybe heard this story that someone went to a magician and he told him buy a black roaster or a black sheep and take it to such and such a place and slaughter it from the back and don't say Bismillah. What do you understand? What do you understand from that? That he is slaughtering for the jinn. So he is worshipping the jinn. So he is falling into polytheism. So he is becoming a cover. So he is obeying shaitan. Shaitan has already swore to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala to take us all, if he can, to Jahannam. فَبِعِزَّتِكَ لَأَغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ So he is trying to take us all, sons of Adam, to Jahannam with him. So in this case, the devil just want to move people into Jahannam with them. These are one, some of the ways they are using. Rattering, some other things. That's why if a person goes to a magician or a predictor, as we will see later on, sometimes they are shocked. Because when he gets in, he says, oh, your name is this, your mother's name is this, last night you did this. How did you know this? How did you know this? Does he know the ghaib? If he knows the ghaib of the ancient world, that is major shirk. Because Allah told us in his holy book, قُلْ لَا يَعْلَمُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ الْغَيْبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Only Allah knows the ghaib of the ancient world. So how did he know? Yani, you, when you get into his place, and I didn't, of course, ask you to do, do, to do that, but if you go to this person for any reason, for, yani, not knowing 
and he says, your, your name is this, and your father's name is this, and your mother's name is this, and you are doing this, and you did this last night in your bedroom, and nobody saw you. You will know, tell me you know. Very simple. We all Muslims believe that each one of us has a Qareem. Qareem means a devil jinn who is with us. Always. Who said so? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said When he said, in the name of his hadith, that each one of you is having his Qareem. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, also you? He said, also me, but Allah helped me, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I am safe, or I he became a Muslim. Because the Arabic word could mean the same thing. Ala inna Allah a'anani alayhi fa'aslam. Fa'aslam ana, I am safe, or fa'aslam ahuwa means he became a Muslim. So however, each one of us has his Qareem. And this Qareem is a devil jinn. So the devil jinn will come and ask your Qareem about secret things nobody knows about. Then he will take this information to the magician and when you come to him, he, you are shocked because he knows a lot of things that he didn't know. And nobody knows except you. So he's using this to make you shaky. Then he will tell you what to do. A person who is sick, very sick. He went to hospital, to that, to, and no, no, no answer. No medicine. Then somebody comes and says, listen, I'll take you to a, a, a good guy. A good guy that strange thing, you know, because he's saying he's a good guy, nobody knows that he is a magician, but he's showing that he's mutawwa. That's happening in Riyadh also, by the way. They are showing that mutawwa, they are praying in the masjid and everything, then they trick people. When they come to them, you know, they tell them to do things like this. Slaughtering to the jinn, making shirk, polyvism, and so on. Insulting the Holy Quran. One of the magicians who was caught in Riyadh here, he used to insult the Holy Quran by putting dirt into it and he puts it in the bathroom Billah. all of these just to satisfy the devil jinns so they will he, they will serve him so devil jinns they don't give their services freely they don't give it they, they want the magician to do these thing, bad things to Quran or to the deen of Muhammad وسلم, or bring people to polytheism so they will go to them to Jahannam then they will serve him that's, the, that's called the true or real magic. There is imagination magic, and the best example of it is what happened to Musa alayhi salam. Allah wrote in his holy book about the magicians of Pharaoh when they made their sticks and robes move like snakes. Actually, they were not snakes. And they were not moving at all. So how is that? Allah tells in the book, يُخَيَّلُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ سِحْرِهِمْ أَنَّهَا تَسْعَى يُخَيَّلُ They use the magic to make Musa alayhi salam imagine. Not only Musa, but everybody of course, but including Musa. They imagine that the robes and sticks are moving. But they are not moving. They imagine that these robes and sticks are snakes. They were not snakes. It's just only imagination. They use the magic to make them imagine that. Right. So when Musa alayhi salam was ordered by Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala to throw his stick, did he, Musa alayhi salam, or Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, made the people imagine that the stick is moving? No, it was truly a stick. Because Allah changed it subhanahu wa ta'ala by himself. So it took all of these robes and sticks one time. 
That's why those magicians accepted Islam because they know magic. They are experts in magic. So when they saw this stick, they knew this is not a magic. This is true. So they accepted the deen of Musa alayhi salam. Now those magicians brought were the best expert magicians in that time. But when they saw the truth, they knew that what Musa did alayhi salam is a really miracle, not magic. That's the case of imagination magic. Last five, which is number four of magic, is the tricks. What you see in circuses sometimes, some people are yani, playing some games, using their hands, bringing a hat, bringing rabbits and these things from it. These are only tricks. It is allowed in one condition. That he says these are tricks, not magic. If he is just making these last tricks, you know, because some people they have their fingers, mashallah, quickly and they can make a lot of things they can. He like he's taking from there, but he's taking from his, yani, uh, soap or from some other areas. People think that he's making the, but he's not. It's just only tricks. So this is okay if he tells people that it is tricks. Now question comes in here. How come we are including magic in polytheism? Actually, magic and magician and predictor, they do two cases. First case is, as we said before, they are using the, the, the devil genes for some surfaces which is polytheism, because these devil genes, they do not accept to serve the magician unless he make by himself or by the others, or both, some polytheism, which is shirk. And you know shirk is totally takes person out of Islam. إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ جَنَّةِ إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ جَنَّةِ وَمَأْوَاهُ النَّارِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ وَيْ يُشْرَكَ بِهَا And you remember these evidences we have discussed before. The second point is that the magician and predictor usually claims that he knows the unseen world, al-ghayb. Usually. Yeah, sometimes that's what you call, what you call it uh, fortune tellers. Sometimes they ask you for your hand and start to read your lines, as he says, but he's a liar. So, okay, in, the, in this such and such time, you will meet such and such lady, or this is going to get some money, and this. Directly, he's a liar. Because nobody knows the right except Allah. Nobody. Nobody at all. قُلْ لَا يَعْلَمُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ غَيْبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ No one in the heavens or earth knows the right, the entire world, except Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. So if someone comes to you and says, tomorrow this will happen to him, you are a liar. Oh, he's, he's saying, I'm expecting this to happen, this is another case. Like the case of uh, weather, and they say, tomorrow we expect, you know, some rain in such and such area, or some, yani, winds, or uh, dust, or so on. Expectation is something else. But if they say, for sure tomorrow this will happen, tell him you are a liar. Because nobody knows the right except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, because of these two cases, Falling into polytheism because they the devil jinns, or, and also, the, by saying that they know, or claiming to know the ghayb, the ancient world, we say that magician and predictor are falling into polytheism, major polytheism, which exclude from Islam, as mentioned in the Holy Book of Allah, and the Hadith of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One more point, or two more points we have to give the, uh, the introduction of tonight, is the case of 
what is the judgment of the magician or director or witch? Two judgments. In life to be killed. As you see, inshallah, in the hadith, which is mentioned by Sahaba, they have killed so many magicians and witches. In hereafter, judgment day, they are, they are going to be settled in Jahannam. Very dangerous judgment. That's why you cannot see easily these people come in front of you. If someone is looking for them, he can't find them hiding there and there, you know, very hard way to, to reach them. Like the people who are selling drugs or worse than that. Especially in here in Saudi Arabia, alhamdulillah, every time they catch one like this, they kill him. But in some other areas, you will find some people, they have schools for magic. They are teaching magic. And they are really hurting people. They are killing, they are destroying the minds, they are making troubles between a husband and wife, or making a lady or a man love each other, although they are doing love. These are all kind of magic which is really not allowed in the Quran and Sunnah to see inshallah, inshallah ta'ala. Last, last point really regarding the case of introduction of the case of magic and prediction on an uh, definition what is the status of the people who go to a predictor or a magician and if someone asks you say what if I go to a predictor or a magician okay that is really three levels they are not the same a person who goes for curiosity just to see He's walking in the street and he saw someone is making this, you know, uh, reading the hands or uh, looking into, into the, the, the uh, finjal, the call, whatever. And he's making a fortune telling. Yani. And he's just curiously, he's watching only. He's not asking and he's not believing. This is haram and not allowed in Islam. So it's a sin. It's a sin. It is a sin. Second level is a person who comes and see and ask without believing without believing this guy this is a major sin his salah will not be accepted for 40 days although he has to do it of course 40 days he is praying and his salah is not accepted who said so? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 40 days his salah is rejected just because he asked without believing. Some people say, I'll make a fun of the, of the magician of the death Yeah, read for me. No, this is not, not allowed. Now we have this also advanced now. You don't have to go on in, in the streets of Bombay or this uh, other streets in Bangkok. Or this. You have, they are coming to you to your house on these channels. Last level, which is number three, which is the worst. If a person asks a predictor or a, mag or a magician and he believes then he is out of Islam. Who said so? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Man ata kahinan aw arrafan fasa'alahu an shay'in fasaddaqahu faqad kafara bima anzil ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hadith Nabi Abi Dawud. And correct hadith. Say, what if he is at his house and he is watching one of these channels and there is a predictor or a magician and some people are calling him, you know, okay, what will happen to me? My name is this and my mother's name is this. What will happen to me next year? Am I going to have a baby boy or not, Ahmed? If he asks, 
this is his salah will not be accepted for 40 days. If he accepts and believes what he say, what the magicians say, then he is out of Islam. He has to come back by making shahadatin again. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. This is only introduction to talk about the case of magic. Truly, dear brothers, you have to watch out when you come to in this life now. Magicians are really doing a hell of a job. Lots of jobs now. They are trying to hurt people. They are trying to move people away from Islam. By so many ways. The Muslims really may have, they hesitate when they see these things. An example I have already said, no problem to repeat, I think. One of the American bishops or priests who was preaching for Christianity, and alhamdulillah, we know Christianity is destroyed already, it's nothing actually, it's wrong deal, because how can you say three and one and one and three? If you ask your child, how much are these, they will tell you three. No, no, this is one. This is one. One plus one plus one equals one. Yes, child. Where is this? Where is his mind? My child of, of two, three, four years, if I tell him one plus one plus one, he will tell me three. And this is one, it's one. So, they are locked. This priest, I think his name was Jimmy Swigert, very famous American priest, he made a trick to convince people that Isa alayhi salam is alive and he is the God and he is capable of giving cureness to the people. He brought a handicapped person in his wheelchair and he showed on TV alive the reports of the hospital that this person is handicapped and he is not going to be cured upon the medical reports. Then this genius worker will come and say, Oh my son, for Jesus, and this, stand up. Then the man stands up and walk. Ishad. People say, Allah, subhanallah, Ishad. Maybe Isa cured this person. Astaghfirullah. Now if you come back to these things you have said already about magicians, it's very simple to us. We believe as Muslims, that beverages can get into the human being body. That's said by the ulama. Scholars, upon the words of Allah ta'ala, especially this ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَا لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي يَتَخَبَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِ So shaitan, beverages can get into human being body and control it. In fact, he may use the tongue to speak a lady will speak with a man's voice. And a man could also speak with a lady's voice, if the devil gen is a lady. He is controlling the body of a human being. Back to our story in here, this handicapped, upon the reports, that he cannot walk. But there is no physical reason for that. Ah. And he's not broken, his back, uh, his... Uh, Yani back is not cut, his back is not broken, everything is okay, but he cannot walk. Why? Nobody knows. Actually, the division can get into the body of a human being and control the nerve system of the body. If you take it from here, from the, 
of whom they lick, the whole body will be down. Hands and feet. If he takes from the bottom of the back, only the legs and feet will be uncontrollable. Now, if we take this story now into the case of James Weger, we can say that the virgin has already made a contract with James Weger to control this person like this for some months. Then, when he comes and he asks this man, by Jesus as he says, he is actually talking to the devil to leave. And because there is a contract, he can leave it. So don't be tricked by these people thinking that, oh, they have cured us. We can see this, this is reality. No, it's not reality, it's a trick. Don't be tricked by this. This is the same thing, we always give as an example of those people who go to the graves and ask the dead people to help them out and cure them. This could happen. Yani if someone goes to the grave and asks for cureness, he may be cured. But this is only fitna. A test from Allah wa ta'ala to see this person, is he going to accept this, that this dead person cured him or not. Poor Muslims, they do this. Poor Muslims, when they cannot go to hospitals or they go to hospitals and they don't get cured, they go to the dead people. Khalandar Babas. They go to this wali. And they tell you, Allah and Awliya Allah ila khufun alayhim wa lahum yahzanun. True, yes, they are. But they are not going to cure you. They have no, they have no, no capability. They need you more than you need them. Because they are dead and when they are dead, as Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa told us, every person, every good person, even if he is dead already, his good deeds stop. Only if someone, like his son, make dua for him, or sadaqa jariya he made before when he was alive, or ilm of Islam, knowledge of Islam he already spread, this will add deeds to him. Otherwise, no way. How can we come and ask this dead person to do something? He is already dead. Sayyid. Sayyid al what about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? We'll ask the same question, which is a tricky question. Is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam alive or dead? If you say he is alive, you are, you are wrong. If you say he's dead, you are also wrong. Is he alive or dead? If you say he's alive, I tell you are wrong. If you say he's dead, I will tell you also he's wrong. You are wrong. Come on, give us an answer. Dead or alive? Dead and alive, yes, thank you. Dead and alive in the same time. How is that? He's dead from our own life now, this dunya. But he's alive in his grave, in Barzakh life. When you remember that we have three lives, then you understand what we mean. Life of our dunya, this dunya now. And life of barzakh, grace, life, then life of the judgment day. Now from our dunya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly in his holy book told us that Muhammad s.a.w. is dead. إِنَّكَ مَيِّتٌ وَإِنَّهُمْ مَيِّتُونَ And the other ayah, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهُ الرُّسُلُ أَفَإِنْ مَاتَ أَوْ قُتِلَ انْقَلَبْتُمْ عَلَىٰ قَبْلِكُمْ And also Abu Bakr he came to him after his death, and he took out the rug and looked to his face, and he kissed him and said, Give an eyewitness that he is already dead. So now we are sure 100% that Muhammad already dead from our life. He died from our life. But we have hadith, we have ayahs that the dead people will be alive. وَلَا تَقُولُوا لِمَنْ يُقْتَلُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا بَلْ أَحْيَاءً عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ 
if shaheed is going to be alive, what about Muhammad the, the best person ever walked on earth, the, the, the sayyid of all of them? He will be alive, of course. He is alive in his grave, but a different life. This life which is in Barzakh and our life, there is no connection. And if he is alive and we are alive, why don't we talk to him? Why don't we ask him? No, here is the problem here. Because his life now is not the same as our life. He is in the second life, the Barzakh life, not in our life. I can talk to you, talk to me, I help you out, help me out, no problem, because we are in the same life. But Muhammad is in another life. And he is alive. Sallallahu alayhi wa in the best life also. So he is dead from our life and he is alive in his grave. In this case now, we are really bringing both all of these evidences in Quran and Sunnah about Muhammad وسلم, that he is dead and he is alive. We bring them all together and we understand it. But we have to put in mind and we have to be careful that dead people cannot really affect the alive people. The people who are in the Barzakh cannot affect the people who are in dunya. There is no connection. As an example, we know that upon the hadith sahih of Muhammad sallam, that Al-Bara ibn Azib said that Muhammad said and he said in the hadith that the person after his people bury him as soon as he starts to go he hears the footsteps of them his soul will be sent back to his body in the grave and he can hear their footsteps and also he will receive the two angels to ask him and to answer so he's alive right? If you put a camera into the, into the grave with a light and see, I will watch him when he is awake again and to talk to the angels. Can you see anything? No. Because we made a mistake in here by saying that we are trying to put our life into his life. No. We cannot bring our life into the grave life. No, this is another life. Also, there is a very clear hadith, correct hadith of Muhammad that a Muslim, a mu'min, Ya Allah, make us mu'mineen. When he is in his grave, his grave will be wide. Wide green, right? But we cannot see that. We see the grave the same as the grave the other grave. There is no widening in here. Right? There is no widening. Yeah, you go to Al Nasim graveyard or Al Aud graveyard and try to see if the same grave is the same place. Not moving, not widening. And not squeezing. We made a mistake by thinking that we can see these things by our life while it's another life. So, to conclude this case of magic, put in mind that shaitan is working. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us already, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌّ فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًّ He's your enemy. Ya Bani Adam. It is, he is your enemy. Shaitan is your enemy. Take him as enemy. No. Some people say, no, no. I'll take him as a friend. He will help me out. Although he doesn't say this by his tongue, but he's saying this by his actions. Also, Shaitan, Allah told us how to have sibs. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُ خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Sibs of Shaitan. Shaitan drives Muslim away from Islam by sibs. Peace by peace, until he is out of Islam. We may not see this easily in one time. But if you see to those people, those Muslims who left Islam somewhere or another, whether becoming Christians or Jew or other things, or becoming atheists without a deal. His name is Muhammad and Ahmed and Ali and so on, but he is not a Muslim at all. Why? Because he followed shaitan in his steps. 
So unless we really take shaitan as our enemy and we are so careful and awake of his tricks, otherwise, yani believe it or not, if that happened to some people in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and that man is mentioned in Surah At-Tawbah, that shaitan dragged him away from Islam, and he became a hypocrite. Upon the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, listen to the ayah. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ عَاهَدَ اللَّهَ لَإِنْ آتَانَا مِنْ فَضْلِهِ لَنَصَدَّقَنَّ وَلَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ فَلَمَّا آتَاهُمْ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ بَقِيلُ بِهِ وَتَوَلَّوْا وَمُعْرِضُونَ فَأَعْقَبَهُمْ نِفَاقًا فِي قُلُوبِهِ He became a hypocrite. Before he was called the pigeon of the masjid. A man in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was always in the masjid that they call him the pigeon of the masjid. Pigeons are always in the masjid. But Shaitan dragged him to ask Muhammad for, for rich or wealthy. He wants to be wealthy. So he asked Muhammad ask Allah for me. To have more money and more money. But Muhammad did accept his in the beginning. Second time and third time, he makes dua for him. Then he gained. He got some sheep and camels, beast by beast. He does not pray with Muhammad sallallahu only a Maghrib Isha Fajr because he's in Medina. But the Dhuhr and Asr, he's out of Medina for grasping his sheep and camels. Later on, he comes only Jumu'ah prayer. Rest, he's away from Medina. Later on, he doesn't come even Jumu'ah. Later on, when Muhammad sent him people to take zakah from him, he refused to pay zakah. And he refused to accept Muhammad as the messenger of Allah. So he became a hypocrite. Upon this ayah. How did he fall into it? He, this man fell into this problem because he followed the steps of shaitan. If he accepted the qadr of Allah thinking that alhamdulillah what I have is enough as long as I am alive as a Muslim. Why we are running for dunya? More dunya and more dunya. Why? Because shaitan is trying to drag us into the wrong way. Because people who are having more money and more money and more money, not all of them of course, but majority, are really lost in the way. Who told us this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his holy book. كَلَّا إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَطْغَى أَرْرَآهُ اسْتَغْنَى When a man have more money, oh, he starts to be a gentleman now. He's a businessman now. He has to travel all around. He has to sit down with these people. No, if he is having a meeting during Salah time, خَلِّ Salah time بعدين. Ah. If he is having a meeting or, or a, a party, business party, and there's alcohol in there, no problem, Mr. business is business. And so on, until he falls into cover, whether he likes it or not. Not everyone can control dunya. Some people may not. Some people may not control dunya when they receive more money. They become different than before. Like this man we have said already, which is mentioned in the Quran in Surah Baraah. Doesn't mean that the Muslim should be poor and hungry. No, we're not saying this. But we are saying that a Muslim should not really run for dunya. He should run for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes. He should run for learning this deed. He should run for practicing this deed. He should run for preaching this deed to the others. Because this is the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He should be patient for what he is going to receive. As Allah tells in his Surah Al-Asr, after he swore subhanahu wa ta'ala by Al-Asr, that if every human being is a loser, 
except those people who have these four conditions الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا that's after knowledge عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ that's practice تَوَاطَوْ بِالْحَقِّ أَمْرُ مَعْرُوفِ نَهِيَ أَمْمُنْكَرْ calling for Islam then they will receive troubles of course as Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did then they have to have patience four conditions if a Muslim having, having these conditions then he is a winner he is not a loser if he is having battle not lost then he is not lost if he is losing one of them he is lost so we should really concentrate in how to satisfy Allah wa ta'ala, by having these four conditions. Why are you trying to, to satisfy people, wives and children and others by bringing them more money even if it's from haram? Why? Because this is the wrong way. Shaitan is dragging us. Why? You have to work you know, more and more even if it's in haram way. Your children are poor, they need money, they need schools. And if you have more money, you know, they don't have to go to these regular and low schools, make them in higher schools. Huh? Then this, oh yeah, send them to the United States to learn, you know, become Americans when they speak American. Is this what Muhammad told you to do? Is this what Allah told us to do when we take care of our children? We are required to teach them how to be like the others? Or we, we, we tell them and teach them how to be like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? We Muslims are carrying a very heavy mission. The mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Unfortunately, we are not. We have the mission, but we are not taking care of it. We are not created to eat and sleep. We are not created to, to copy the others. Only the monkeys and birds are coming the others. But Muslims are not birds, not monkeys. They are Muslims. They are having this being of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They are supposed to be proud of it and call the others for it. But how can we call the others while we are not practicing it? There is another problem in here. Unless we know it. Practice it. Call for it. Be patient for the problems we are going to face, otherwise we are not going to be winners. We are going to be losers. Allah told us in, the, in His holy book. Last point, just put it in mind. The best example, all of talking words, theory is not going to give us the clear vision of the case. But take the best example, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How did he learn? How did he learn? Did he make palaces? Did he make all sorts of food? Did he wear the best clothes he can, he can buy? Or did he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told us clearly that he wants to be hungry one day, so he will remember Allah, and full and the other day, then he will thank Allah. He could. The angel came to him. He was sent by Allah. The angel sent by Allah to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, saying that if you want, Allah will make this whole mountain gold for you. Allah, if he was one of us, no answer. So, khalaf, go ahead. But that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, no. I want to be hungry one day, so I will, thank, I will remember Allah. And if I am full, I will thank Allah. He, he kept his life, and he made his life, and he used his life to carry this deen to us. How did Islam reach you brothers in India? By the efforts of Muhammad and his Sahaba. Unless we carry this mission to the people, wallahi the people needed us. The whole people around this world, they need us. Although they are rich and fully and, and healthy and all of this, still they need us because what they have is really nothing. It is materialistic life. They themselves have already admitted that what they have is nothing. I told you before that Professor Alexis Karel, American 
professor who was teaching in Harvard University. And you know in Harvard University. It's very high university, one of the highest universities in the world. He made a book that was a long time ago saying that this civilization we are having now is against human beings. This civilization we are having now is destroying the human beings. Yes, they made cars, they made airplanes, they made trains, they made all of these sorts of things to serve the body of a human being, but they forgot to serve the soul of the human being. They took, they took care of one side of the human being, but they forgot the other side of the human being. The human being is not only a body. He's a body and soul. His, his soul, his, his heart needs also food. And that food is not to eat. It's food in Quran and Sunnah. That's why when Muhammad used to stand the whole night until his praying, of course, until his feet were bleeding, he was enjoying that also. He was enjoying because he is worshipping Allah. When our mother Aisha asked him, Ya Rasulullah, why you do this while Allah has already forgiven you for all of your things? Before and after, he said, I want to be a thankful person to Allah. So let us not think of dunya like the others. We are not like the others. We are having a strong and very heavy mission to carry to the people, to save them. Why you people see these Hindus and the Christians and the Jew and the Buddhists and the others dying in kif, in shirk, going to Jahannam, and we are sitting and eating and enjoying? We are seeing our Muslim brothers now are falling into shirk, and they are losing their deen, whether they know it or not, and we are just sitting down and trying, we go and spend two hours in the market looking for a shirt or for a soap. Subhanallah al-Azim. We are removing for 20 shops just to make difference one real for this shmah. La ilaha bargaining. Why don't you, why don't we bargain for our deen, ya akhi? Buy anything and wear anything and, and, and eat anything, ya akhi. Subhanallah, this is not the case. If you eat one kilo of kafiyar, which is 10,000 riyals per kilo, or you, you eat one bread for one riyal, both of them are the same. They will get in and they will get out. No difference. But if you are busy with something better for you and for your life and for your children and for this ummah, by learning this deen, practicing this deen, calling for this deen, being patient for this deen, then you are a winner. وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوا بِالصَّبْرِ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our deeds and make this in our books when we meet him subhanahu wa ta'ala in the judgment day so we will be happy to see it if you have any questions I'll be happy to hear from you jazakumullah khair any questions no problem yes sir it's the mag imagination magic the hadith said that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was he was uh, made magic by a Jew called Labid ibn al-A'tham he was a Jew and he was imagining that he did did something and he didn't do it. So it was imagination magic. Some, some uh, groups they say that Muhammad Sallallahu cannot be affected by magic. That's not true. Because this hadith is very clear. But he was not affected in his deed. He was not affected in his message, Risala. He was affected in his body and his memory. That he forgets something. But in this case, still he Sallallahu Alaihi and that's another deed. This is another case that Allah Taala told us how to deal with this magic. He sent two angels to tell Muhammad Sallam how to make ruqyah on himself so he is 
three of that magic. So in this case, uh, that's part of what we should say, we forgot already, that how am I going to do, if someone is affected by magic, how am I going to do, deal with it? Recite Quran on him. He is supposed to do it by himself if he can. Recite Quran, especially uh, talking about magic, in Surah Al-Baqarah and so on, and recite Hadith and make Dua. If he cannot, or he, then he can go to someone who is respectable, trustable, then he can ask him for Ruqya, and he make Ruqya on him by Quran and Sunnah. And he should be patient, because it's not going to be one day and he's okay. He should be patient. Otherwise, he will go to another magician, and that's another shirk for qualitism. Now, with Allah. Jazakumullah khair for listening. We'll see you, inshallah, next week to continue this topic. Jazakumullah khair.